0: Get in the book, man. Study the Word of God. If you don't have a scripture that you're building your life on, you need to hire somebody to slap you around. You've got to have Bible. Man, when people come to you and they're sharing their issues and their storms, they're your first question, you just need to stop and say, wait a minute, what's the scripture that we're going to agree on together? If you go to somebody else and you're going to complain about stuff, but you don't have Bible that you're going to build your life on, you got to remember, you don't have the right to complain about that which you're willing to permit. So, you know, get a backbone. Get in the Word. If you don't know how to study the Bible, find Todd. Todd's gifted. He can teach you in just a moment how to do it. And, and you know, find somebody. Get help. That's why we're a body. We're here to walk together, lock shields. But if you're not in the Word, you're going to get your hiney handed to you on a daily basis. And that's the wrong life. Look at your neighbor and say, that's the wrong life. Everybody, hold your Bible up in there. Let's make a confession together. Say, This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. Say, I have what it says I have. Say, I choose to do what it says I can do. Say, I have an open mind. I have a teachable spirit. From this moment forward, say, I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Amen. Give God one more big praise this morning. He's worthy amen well we've been talking about the forces that for that form your future (laughs) the forces that form your future we talked about excuses we've talked about disappointment we've talked about the force of me if you make excuses you're not going to receive the end that god declared for you at the beginning you can't have a godly end if you don't have a godly middle And we we got to stop making excuses for why we're not living the way we're supposed to live and we're not doing what we're supposed to do. We have, you know, it's so crazy. We get the blessings of God, and then we use those as our excuse to not stay in the will of God. Do you understand God's will for your life? You you know, the Word of God says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice unto God, holy and acceptable to the Lord, which is your reasonable service. Don't be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can prove what is the good and perfect, acceptable will of God. God's will for your life is good. God's will for your life is perfect. That means it's not lacking anything. God's will for your life is the only thing you should be willing to accept. If you accept anything other than the will of God, you're crazy. Because God's plan, His will, is to prosper you, not harm you. God's not trying to hurt you. He's trying to help you. He's not trying to put you down. He's trying to lift you up. He ain't trying to take you out. He's trying to take you through. Right? If God were trying to take you out, you'd be one of these greasy spots on the carpet. Hello? You you shouldn't accept anything other than the will of God. But then the blessing of God begins to operate in our lives. And if we're not careful, we, we go back to those old forces that used to dictate our future. And we use the blessing of God as our excuse to stay out of the will of God. Well, you know, church time. You know, obviously I'm preaching to the choir. Here we are on a holiday weekend. We're in church. Give yourself a hand. Hallelujah. But we all know people, and we've all been there where we've said, well, you know, that's our family time. Wait, family shouldn't be your excuse. That's the motivation to stay in the will of God. Well, you know, my job, i got to work my job. That's the blessing of God, and that's the motivation to stay in the will of God because he's going to prosper you. Don't let the enemy turn that and make those things your excuses for getting out of the will of God. Because if, if you do, you end up disappointed, right, pushed out of your position of authority. You don't have what it takes to win in every situation, and then it's always somebody else's fault. Come on. Don't get all quiet now, or we'll have to hang out on that point for about 20 minutes. Here's the deal, is that you got to remember that the storms of life, the chaos, the tribulation, the trauma, it really isn't all about you, that it's all about God's plan for you. Hell isn't attracted to you, per se. It's attracted to God's plan for you. And in the middle of the storm, you got to remember who's in the boat. you got Jesus, right? Look at somebody say, i got Jesus. Well, if you got Jesus, if the Lord is on your side, if the Bible's true, if Psalms 118 is right, the Lord is on my side. That don't mean He's on your team. He's on your side. If you are uh, if you are locked hip to hip with God, how are you going to lose? Yeah, but you don't understand what I'm going through. You've forgotten. You're going through. You're looking at the middle instead of the end. You got to look at the end, and you got to determine that you know what? I'm going to make it through this thing. And in the middle of it, I'm going to do what what you know, uh, Scott said, I'm going to rejoice in the Lord always, every day. All days, good days, bad days, hard days, easy days. That's what that's going to be my mentality. Why? Cuz God's got a future for me. And the only way to get the future that God has for you is to live life the way God's designed it for you. Jesus Jesus did not come to give you a new level of life. He came to introduce you to a totally new lifestyle. Now, now religion, religion—it's crazy. Some of you guys are really into religion, and, and I don't get it, because religion is—they had religion before Jesus came. If religion were the answer, but religion—that—that that, the root word religion—it it literally means that which is left behind. So after. After something leaves, we decided that was kind of cool. Let's make some rules and regulations and try to duplicate it. God didn't come to bring you religion. He came to bring you relationship. Hello? So you've you've got a totally different lifestyle. It's not rules and regulations. It's relationship. It's not so much what's right versus what's wrong. It's what's new versus what's old. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things, they're done. Behold, all things are fresh and new. We got we gotta live this new lifestyle. We gotta go after this thing with everything we got, or we're gonna miss out on the future that God has for us. Look at Galatians chapter four, verse eight and nine. It says, Formerly, when you did not know God, you were slaves to those who by nature are not gods. But now, everybody say, but now, but now. come on, say it with gusto. But now see something different happened after you got Christ. If you're not living a different lifestyle than you were before, you're missing the whole point. But now you know God. Rather, you're known by God. So why is it you keep going back to the weak and miserable forces? Why do we keep sliding back into the old way of living? How come we keep going back to that old mindset where we think excuses are going to cover us? where we allow disappointments to, to develop you know, inside of us to the point that we become offended and we operate in betrayal and pretty soon we're moving in hatred and you're probably sitting here saying, well, that's not me. Well, the problem is, the problem with deception is that you don't know you're deceived. The problem with offense is that it, it's, not, it's not like when you get out of bed in the morning and your head glows when you look in the mirror. No, I don't know very many people that walk up to the mirror in the morning and look in the mirror and go, whoa, you're greedy. No, we look in the mirror and say, wow, you're a steward. You know, we we rename it. We don't deal with ourselves with real truth. And we keep sliding off. See, if you're not careful, you will miss the mark. If you're not living the life that God's intended for you to live, you're missing the mark. And I think that's what King James calls sin. So here we are. We know God, but we just don't know God life. Look at John 10.10. 10. You guys know this. The thief cometh not but for to kill, steal, destroy. But I came, Jesus said, that you might have and enjoy. Have in abundance. Life to the top till it overflows. We're talking about God life. Life as God has it. Life as God has it. This life simply means that you've got more life than death. More joy than sorrow. More peace than chaos. More hope than despair. More provision than lack. More life than death. It's not the absence of death. It's just more life than death. Your commitments to life, not death. More joy than sorrow. It's not the absence of sorrow. It's just that you're committed to grow and develop joy more than you are going to grow sorrow. Matthew 12, it says, either make the tree good or make the tree evil, but the tree is going to be known by its fruit you have the opportunity to decide what kind of fruit your life's going to produce. A lot of times what we do is we inspect the fruit but never deal with the tree. And the reality is, is that if you will develop yourself, if you will make sure that you are allowing godly forces to shape your future, it doesn't make any difference what's going on around you. It won't be long till you're walking in victory. You're demonstrating Satan's defeat. You get out of bed in the morning and it humiliates hell because hell's done everything it can to get you to cave in give up and quit, but yet here you are again saying, no, the Lord's on my side. As for me and my house, we're just going to go on and serve Jesus. No weapon formed against us can prosper. Every tongue that rises against us, we just condemn. This is the heritage of the children of the living Lord, that saith the Lord. We got our stuff, man. What are we doing? We're more committed to life than we are to death. So today we're going to talk about one more force. And, and and it's a force that i think will will take you right out of the will of god if you're not extremely careful and it's the force of contentment everybody say contentment you know what's crazy is that uh, the word content it's a bible word and real real fast we're we're in the summer and and i've got i've i've got a target for our summer schedule and we're going to do everything we can to hit it today and, and so you you just have to listen fast okay but, uh, you know, what, what happens really is, uh, you know, most of us have heard this before, but it's, it's not that we aim too high and miss it. It's that we aim so low and we hit it. And we're happy with that. We're happy with that. I just got to be content. If, if I asked you the definition of content, if I just came and sat down, we were having coffee, most of you most of you would, say, would eventually get around to saying something like, satisfied. You know, uh, Webster's, if you looked it up there, it probably says something about being emotionally and mentally satisfied with the way things are. Okay, sirrah, sirrah. You know, be content. Content is a Bible word. And I, I just want to read a few of these to you. Luke three fourteen. Soldiers are talking to Jesus. They said, what should we do? He said, don't intimidate anyone or accuse falsely. Be content with your wages. First Timothy 6, 8. Having food and clothing, with these we shall be content. Hebrews 13, 5. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. Philippians 4, 11, I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. Content is a Bible word. And I've struggled with this one. Because advance is a Bible word too. Vision. Purpose. Fight. The days of John the Baptist, even until now, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violent. The violent, take it by force. It just seems like an opposing truth. You know, get violent and take it by force. and Be content with what you got. You know, how do we rest in the Lord and not just become lazy? How do we do all work as under the Lord and not become workaholics? Well, We've got to take the truth and, you know, according to the Bible, it says study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that need not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You've got to understand that sometimes what we read and how we take it, I know there's going to be a shock for some of you guys, but sometimes what you think is not right. Just let that sink in for a minute. Some of you are deciding right now whether you're ever coming back again. I don't know if I like this guy. He, he just said, it, I think wrong. There are words in our language. The English, the English language is not super simple. You know, there's, well, let's put it this way. Have you ever gone out to, to a Mexican dinner and somebody says, be careful now, that's hot. But what does that mean? You touch the plate, and you go, that's not hot. You take a bite, and the top of your head blows off because right? you, you had the wrong definition for hot. In our language, content, we, we've locked on to this satisfied thing. Can I, can I share with you in the Hebrew and in the Greek what the word content means? In the Hebrew, I like the Hebrew word. It says it's y'all. It's probably yay-all, but I like y'all. It makes me feel closer to God. Hey, y'all. Okay. Uh, it's The word, back on track, the word uh, content in the Hebrew means to show willingness to undertake or to be determined. In the Greek, it means to possess unfailing strength, to be strong, to be sufficient, to be more than enough. See, God life is more than enough. So you've got this toolbox, and it's full of tools, and you've got... Everything you need to live a life that's pleasing to God. But you do have to use the tools. Hello? Right? You, you, you have it. See, the word content is not so much being mentally and emotionally satisfied as it is being mentally and emotionally strong. That In the middle of whatever you're in, you've got strength. And if, if you take the word content out and put in the word strong, you get a better rendering of what the writer was trying to get across in Philippians. As a matter of fact, Philippians 4, Look, look at verse, I'm not saying this because I'm in need for I have learned to be content or I have learned to be strong whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being strong in everything. Every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do anything through him who gives me strength. That's kind of cool, isn't it? That just changes everything. Go back to 11 again. I, I want to, I'm not saying because, anything because I'm in need. I've learned to be strong, whatever the circumstances. Not, not to be satisfied, but to be strong. Not to, be, not to be moved, but to be stirred. Look at verse 12. I know what it is to be a need. I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being strong in any and every situation. See, I think what happens to a lot of us is that we get in situations and we've missed the link to strength. So we've become weak instead of strong. And we blame it on being content. We, we want to be content, and what we end up doing is being lazy. We have a failure, and we think that's finality. No, you always have the right to get back up again and write a new chapter to your story. It will not make any difference what you're going through. And I'm not trying to belittle your situation. You might be in the middle of hell right now. Well, just don't stop you know, have some strength, you know, uh, uh, apply the word of God to your life and realize that wherever you are, it's not a life sentence. Your end result will be better than your current condition. If you do what God tells you to do, because when we do what he said, he produces what he promised every single time God comes through. So being content isn't just well, I'll just accept it the way it is. No, being content is realizing that it doesn't make any difference what it looks like. I'm, I, I have the ability to change the environment, not accept it. I, I, don't, I don't have to live and just accept it. I can actually use the power of God in my life and change it. God may have put me in the middle of this situation so somebody with a backbone could produce some change. So I have strength for all things. I'm ready for and equal to anything that comes my way through Christ, who is infusing me with an inner strength. So i got a couple of questions for you today, that, that just to, something that we might want to just stop and think about. What are you currently doing in your life that you know you can't afford to do, but you haven't had the strength to make the change? I mean, think about this in the financial realm. What are you doing? What are you putting up with in your life that really you have no business doing that? It's draining you. You're trying to keep up with the neighbors. you got stuff. Maybe you should just sell the boat. Spending too much on clothes. Spending too much on eating out. What have you been too weak to address? Maybe it's time to take a job you don't really want and believe, God, that it's not a life sentence, but it's an opportunity for provision. God's plan is to prosper you. So you have a responsibility to prosper. Well, if it's God's going to prosper me, then he's going to bring it to me in the mail or Right thinking lives to right living. Stupid thinking lives to wrong living. It's Ecclesiastes ten two I think in the message. Well God's gonna prosper me so we we might you know well the the world's gonna end. So we're gonna charge some stuff. Go on to another question, since that was not real popular. What relationships exist today that you know shouldn't be in your life at all, but you haven't had a strength to end it? Hanging out with unbelievers. Hunting for fulfillment and wrong relationships. Well, I'm trying to get them saved. Looks to me like they're getting you drunk. Well... I'm just winning them for Jesus. No, you're, you're losing your relationship with Jesus. You heard of divide and conquer. You know, the boys, they learned it early. They still use it today. They'll call Shelby and ask her if they can do something. If they don't get the answer they want, they call me and they say, hey, we were talking to mom and we decided that we should call you. Well, the we, the we in that sentence ain't got anything to do with mom. It's them and them alone. And what are they trying to do? They're trying to find an answer that will be in agreement with them. A lot of us, that's how we live our life. Somebody tells us the truth from the Word of God, so we go find somebody else until we find an answer that we like. And it's like, well, you know, picture yourself standing, you know, one foot on the boat and one foot on the dock. And it's getting farther and farther apart. And you look at everybody and say, it's cool, I got this. No, you ain't got this. You're going in in just a minute. You know, you look like an idiot. You look like a fool. No, that's fine. I'm living right. No, you're not. You you, you got Jesus in the boat and people on the dock who don't want to hang with Jesus. And you got to make a choice. Where's the strength to make the right choice? Well, yeah, but these are my friends. No. If you're their friend, you'll get in the boat and then you'll call them to join you in the boat. If they're your friends. You know, on the airplane, they tell you that when, when the mask comes down, put it on yourself first. Why? Well, because a live dog's better than a dead lion. you got to take care of you. you. Maybe there's relationships in your life that are destroying you. Maybe it's just time to get some strength. So you know what? As for me and my house, we're serving God. We're, we're, i got to have a force that's forming my future. And I'm not going to hang out with people who want to destroy it. And, and especially because they're in my yearbook. Next What are you accepting in your spiritual condition because you're too weak to deal with the realities? You're going through life offended? Why don't don't you use your strength? That offense is going to destroy your future. Yeah, but you don't understand what they did to me. You, you You don't understand that that's not the issue. I've been betrayed, so I'm not going to trust. You've been deceived by a lying devil who's using the shortcomings of others to keep you from the greatness that God has planned for you. There's a scripture for you. We won't put it on the screen. You'll have to actually read it. 1 John 3, verse 1, Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the children of God. Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of Behold what manner of love. It, it, you know, look at the love of God. You won't understand the manner of love until you understand the condition of us. It doesn't take great love until there's great betrayal. See, here's how God life works, is that there has to be greater love than there is betrayal. If you're going to walk in God life, you've got to grow love to people who don't deserve it more than you love people who actually should get it. More life than death, right? So you can't, it's not the absence of death. In this world, there shall be. You guys know the Bible. What's it say? But be of good cheer. In the, when, when the tribulation's over? No, right in the middle of it. Why? Because you can overcome it. But if you grow death instead of life, you can't complain about the death that's present. If you grow chaos instead of peace, you can't complain about the, you know, the presence of chaos. If you're offended, it's because you're weak. You got to get strong. The Bible says it's impossible for you to think there's not going to be offenses. So it's not shocking that you're offended. It's shocking that you say I want I want God life, but you won't get over your offense. Still love me? Four of you. Thank you. Well, I'm just bitter about the way I've been treated. Because I was treated wrong. And I deserve better. Can I tell you, just in the last couple of minutes here, the entitlement is going to kill you. But I have a right to be happy. Where'd you get that? You have a right to be obedient. have a right you know this entitlement thing you know how you know how crazy it works is that you know you diet for three days and then you say well you know i've been working hard so i i, I deserve some donuts i know how this works very well okay <laughs> I've, I've i've put away fifteen hundred dollars i've i've it's taken us all the time we saved fifteen hundred dollars let's go to disney world and celebrate And it operates in our life. And we, we think that, you know what, I have a right to be treated better than that. No, in the middle of bad treatment, you've got to grow greater love. You've got to have strength. You've got to have strength to overcome what the enemy is trying to, to uh, uh, you know, uh, inject into your environment. You've got to take control. You've been given dominion and authority and power. You can't just make excuses for why you're not walking in God life. You can't just share your disappointments and, and turn the thing so it's all about you. No, you've got to use the strength that God offers you. You've got to stand up and you've got to say, you know what? My old way of thinking, I would have just put up with this. I would have justified this. I would have given foundation to it. But because I don't think the old way. See, according to, according to Hebrews, it's a new and living way that I get to walk through life with Christ. It's a new and living way. And it's all about power and freedom. That I've got to grow it. I've got to manifest it. I've got to fill my mind with the right things. I've got to meditate on those things. And I've got to practice those things. So now when I go back and I, and I read it, uh, it says rejoice in the Lord every day. I've got strength. That's where I find my strength, see, is in that, in that joy. The joy of the Lord is my strength. So I begin to rejoice in the Lord, not in the situation, not in other people, but in the Lord. Look, look. if I could see where I should be and compare it to where I am, oh, oh, happy day. If you could see where you ought to be and look at where God's allowed you to be, you'd quit your whining. So rejoice in the Lord. Always, and again I say rejoice. Let your moderation, that's another weird word, that moderation means selflessness. Let people see the fact that you're not living for you. Why? Because the Lord is at hand. He could show up at any minute. God's on his way through. This isn't about me. This is about my life and God working through my life. Prayer, supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known unto God, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will begin to guard your heart. Man, there's a peace that comes that's, that's greater than your ability to understand. So, here's what's best. Is fill your mind with good things. Whatever's honest, and whatever's just, and whatever's pure, and whatever's lovely, if it's a good report. Meditate on those things. Practice. Living right. And then God will make everything work out for your good. You can be strong regardless of your circumstance. It's easier when you're fed, but even when you're hungry, you can be strong. It's easier when you've got a lot, but even when you've got nothing, you can have strength. It's easier when everybody's nice to you, but even when they're mean, you can have strength. It's easier when, when, when it's, you know, cake and ice cream. But even on a bad day, you can have strength. All you got to do is commit. I'm going to live strong. Yeah, you know, the brother said this morning that the minute you start tithing, you're going to be, you know, faced with opposition. The minute you start loving... I'm, I'm going to love my neighbor. I'm gonna, the Bible says love your neighbor. I'm going to commit to love my neighbor. And then your neighbor comes home. Ruins everything. You know, it's like a diet or going to the gym. I, I, I'm buying a gym membership. <laughs> Are you going? Yeah, they got leather couches and a cafe in there. It's awesome. Doing all of my meetings down at Gold's now. Hallelujah. I love their mocha frappuccino. You've got you to make a commitment. I'm going to live strong. Tired of being weak. See, because being weak, you get weak results. And the world don't need a bunch of people who can hold out a platter of weak results. They might as well stay in the bar. You know, it's easier to just stay high than to deal with the realities of life if we're not going to get real. We gotta be strong. Look at your neighbor and say, Commit to strength. Would you close your book, bow your head, and let me pray for you?